0: Hello, my name is Aaron. I am one of the uh, pastors here at Faith Church. I'm excited to be uh, talking to you today. The last few days, actually Monday from from Monday to Wednesday, we went down to uh, San Diego as a staff. I think we pretty much just went down to try out these uh, tacos that are supposed to be the best tacos in the world. All right, they were solid. I do have to say I did have too many of them. um, But I did have muchas gracias like twice since I've been home already. So, yes said that. Okay. All right. So, uh, but even more than uh, my love for muchas gracias is that I love candy. And so this was like a perfect day for me to be like teaching. There's just candy everywhere right now. And it's so awesome. Um, like I probably have a problem actually. Okay. Like there's many times where I've bought a lot of Reese's peanut butter cups and ate them for dinner as that was the meal. Okay. All right. You're, you're judging me. I can feel it. Okay. All right. Um, actually, I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and my nieces, uh, my brother told me this, my nieces were like out, or they were talking about it, something, and they called them Aaron's Snacks, like, they didn't call them Reese's, they're like, oh, those are Aaron's, like, we don't touch them, I'm like, yes, I'm training them well, okay, so it's like, good job, guys, now let me take those, okay, I'm really excited for Trunk or Treat coming up, yes, who's excited, because we get to, yeah, okay, good, okay, because you get to hand out some candy, then you get to eat some candy, right, that's always the best part of it, okay? <laughs> right. um, but I remember also watching this documentary. It was a documentary back when like the food documentary is cool. If you watch documentaries, all of a sudden people were doing about food. And there's this one called Super Size Me where this guy just went and ate McDonald's all the time. You, they're like, that sounds great. Like, no, it wasn't. Um, but one of the studies they did was like um, sugar. It was just on sugar. And they said that the FDA, with the standards they have in place today, sugar wouldn't pass by, like, they wouldn't be like, that's good for you, all right, it's like, it's really bad, so I watched this, like, probably, 10, I don't know, five, ten years ago, and, and then, uh, you know, you kind of put that in the back of your head, but every day, I still am eating candy, right, like, you could go to my office right now, there are probably, like, six boxes of candy, three hidden candy bars, okay, just in case someone happens to sneak in and get all those ones, I got some spares, right, the, the fourth graders are right next to me, so they're always in my office, all right, And so it's like, I, I really enjoy candy. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites, okay? Just putting that out there. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, just letting you know, all right? One last time, just a, a plug. Um, but what I really want us to think about is, there's probably some time in our lives when you had some truth, right? Like sugar's bad, but then you're like, but I like to eat sugar, so I'm going to do it anyways. But maybe in, in our lives, there's been other things that we've kind of been focused on, but then after a little bit of times, our, our eyes kind of shifted off of that, right? Maybe it's like, um, I, I, uh, I'm going to start a diet, right? And then maybe you end the diet early, right? Which means you just don't want to diet anymore, right? Or maybe it's like, uh, I'm going to go and work out but not today. It's like 2019 is almost here, so I'll start then, and that will be when I start. I mean, I can't start now. It's the, mid, it's the end of October. No one starts now, right? And then you miss 2019. You're like, well, I got 2020. Like, it'll be, yeah, I'll work out then, right? So there's all these things that like, maybe we have this good goal, but then slowly our gaze kind of shifts off of that, right? And we, we don't live for that anymore. I think of it like this. When we were, uh, let's say you're driving on I-5, right? And you're kind of going along, you're, you're in the middle lane because there's like truckers and really slow people in the right lane. You're like, why are you driving? Okay, and you're there and you're like passing people, you know, every once in a while, you're keeping up with traffic and then you look down and you realize you're going 95 miles an hour. You're like, what am I doing? Like, this is awesome. What am I doing? This is unsafe. Kids, don't do that, okay? It's bad, listen to your parents, all right? And, but it's like, all of a sudden, You're just kind of slowly pushing the gas pedal a little bit more, a little bit more, and then you realize, man, what am I doing? And I think that same thing happens to us in our relationship with God, right? Like all of a sudden, our focus is, should be on Jesus and what Jesus has accomplished uh, for our lives, but then we kind of like shift it just a little bit, and all of a sudden, we slowly are kind of moving off course, and then maybe one day you kind of look back and you go like, man, like Jesus, like that's what Jesus has for me and I'm, I'm way over here. Like what happened, right? And this is something that's been happening uh, since the beginning of time. Adam and Eve, they were in a relationship, a perfect relationship with God, walking in the garden, hanging out. And then they, they look at this tree and they go, hey, that has some good fruit on it. This small little shift changes the rest of human history. And so it probably also happens to us. There are times in our lives where our, shift, our eyes shift and change away. And that's what happens here uh, with the Galatians as well. Paul has been, and we've been looking at over the last few weeks, Paul has been telling these guys over and over again, hey, this is how you're supposed to live. This is, how, uh, this is what God has called you into, a life that you have. But they keep focusing on, Back on their old life. Back on the things that they they used to do, how they used to live. So today, we're going to look at their story and see where they have gone wrong and how they shifted their focus so that maybe we can learn from it so our focus doesn't shift as well. So turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4. Again, we've been going over this over the last few weeks. If you've missed a week, You can always go online and listen to the sermons from the last weeks. Galatians 4, verse 8, is where we're going to start at. Paul, again, is reminding these guys again and again. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God... How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves do you want to be once more? You observe the days and the months and the seasons and the years. I'm afraid I have labored over you in vain. Now flipping to verse 16. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose they want to shut you out that you may not make much of, or so that you make much of them it is always good to be made much of for a good purpose and not only when i'm present with you my little children for whom am i for whom i am again in anguish of childbirth until christ is formed in you i wish i could be present with you now and change my tone for i am perplexed about you paul again is repeating what we've heard time and time again now. If you look over the last few chapters, he's repeated this same thing over and over again. And he's kind of saying like, what is going on? He says, okay, if you you don't know who God is, it makes sense that you wouldn't follow God. He says, but that's not us. He says, that's not you. You do know who God is, and yet you're still wanting to go back to your old ways. You're still interested in the things that you used to deal with. Think of it like this. The Israelites, right? They were enslaved for a really long time. And Moses finally comes after God does some miraculous acts. They're freed, right? By some like, crazy things happening in their lives and they're, and they're freed. But then as they're traveling around, after a little while, they have some hardships Nothing like slavery, but they have some hardships. And then all of a sudden, some of them are like, hey, you know what? Let's go back to slavery. That wasn't that bad. I mean, you know, we had some meals. You know, we worked a lot. You know, they got ripped or something. I don't know why they were excited. But Moses turns to him and was like, what what do you mean we want to go back to slavery? He's like, that's not what we're here. God has called us to be free. God has called us to be chosen and set apart. And yet, we want to go back to slavery? And Paul is now asking that same question. Why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? Why would they want to go back? Because they've lost sight of who Jesus is. They've lost sight on what Jesus had done for them. Look at verse 17 in your Bibles. We can see what happens. Verse 17, it says, They make much of you. There was these false teachers that came in after Paul had left. And he says, they had made much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out. that you may make much of them. Pretty much what he's saying is these, these false teachers came in and they were just kind of like puffing you up. right? They were just kind of telling you what you wanted to hear so that you could kind of look at them and go, hey, I like these guys so that I'll follow, follow what they're saying because they're making me feel good. But what's happening is they're pulling them into another life, a life where it's um, more about legalism. Like if you just do the, do the rules, then God's going to love you. And we know, as we've seen week and week again, is that that's not how it is. I read this morning this, uh, this quote from Henry Nowen, who is a, a great old guy. He's dead though. Okay? But you, go, go read Henry Nowen. Okay? If you've never Googled him, go, go, go Google Henry Nowen. He says this, Jesus wants us to receive the love that he offers. He wants nothing more than that we allow him to love us and enjoy that love. This is so hard since we always feel that we have to deserve love that he offered to us. But Jesus wants to offer that love to us, not because we've earned it, but because we have decided to love us because he has decided to love us independently of any effort on our side. Our own love for each other should flow from that first love that is given to us undeserved. God is like, I love you. I care about you. And we go, I don't know. That sounds too good to be true. He's like, I want to be in a relationship with you. And you're like, yeah, but, I mean, come on. What's the catch? And so oftentimes we go, yeah, maybe I just need to do a little bit more. Then God will really love me. Maybe I need a little bit. Do uh, give more, I need to uh, spend more time in my Bible, I need to do, 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 do. And then all of a sudden, then God will love me more, but he says, he says, no. I love you and I care about you, and I'm on a relationship with you." And Paul is not around to tell them, "Hey, you know what, guys, that's not what God has called us to." And so they slowly move back into that life. And that happens to us. When things get a little challenging, we usually kind of go back into our old ways, right? If something, if we kind of like step out there and it's, it's scary, but then we kind of get like put down or, or it's a little bit of a pushback, we kind of go, ah, I don't know, right? If you want to go and eat healthy and you start with a salad, you're like, no, this hasn't, nah, I don't want that. I'm going back to chocolate, right? It's way better. Trust me. Okay. All right. Or if it's like some project you want to do and you're like, I got to work on this project. And you're like, this is hard work. I'll just go watch another TV show. Or maybe even in our relationship with Jesus. We go, ah, this is kind of challenging. I'm just going to go back to just checking off the boxes. Because that seems easier. To just kind of, oh, yeah, I went to church this week. I read my Bible app. I'm good. It kind of just becomes a thing. When we we look at the Galatians, we go, why would they go back after this? Why would they go back into this old relationship? But this happens to us, right? And this happens in our lives. And it could be from some sin that's in our life that we keep on going to, right? At first, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah, it's probably not what God wants, but it's all right, right? Ah, oh, okay, it wasn't that bad. I'll do a little more. Oh, okay, yep, yep. And then all of a sudden we realize how far away we've moved from Christ. Or maybe it can be when our focus is on something other than God. Maybe it's our families, right? It's a good thing to put our focus on our families, but when it becomes number one in our lives, it becomes an idol. It becomes something that we worship. It can happen if we've been following Jesus for a long time. And this, again, is just another Sunday. And we're kind of just going through things. You're kind of like, yeah, I know the story. I've read the Bible. I know what, you, I know what Aaron's going to say next. And it's kind of just like, ah, oh, yeah. We've shifted our eyes off of what Jesus has done in our lives. Or maybe we have some lies about God that we keep thinking about. Lies about what God, uh, that God doesn't say, But what we believe, something like God doesn't really love you. Maybe we believe God's left you. Or how many times are you going to fail? You're not going to amount to anything. Take one more drink. Look at one more image. It's okay. We start to believe these lies and they will start to slowly just be everything we think about and pull us away from God. So what can we do then? What can we do to realign our lives back to Jesus? I think there's three things we're going to look at. Uh, the first one is a little strange, but keep with me. The first one is that we're called to capture our thoughts and examine them. Capture our thoughts. What are the thoughts that you keep telling yourself every day? Is it something like have you ever experienced a failure? Like you're a failure? Or you have doubt or fear. Some destructive thought that you keep telling yourself. Maybe you're more focused on pride. And you're like, ah, why, why do I have to deal with these people? I'm better than them. I don't want to have to deal with this stuff. These thoughts can destroy us. In 2 Corinthians it says, Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Take our thoughts examine them, and say, is this true of God? Is this true of me as being in a, as as a follower of Christ? Is that true of who I am? Or is this some lie that we're living? We stop to ask, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this way? What's going on in me right now? And actually, just this morning, I woke up, you know, I'm stressing about this talk this morning, and I'm like, Man, it's like, I'm trying to go through it in my head. Like, does that work? Is this right? And I go, wait, what am I teaching about? I said, man, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Even if I fail up here, God is good. Like, God is perfect. God has everything under control, right? But this lie started to get into my brain. Like, Aaron, you're, you're not that great. Aaron, that joke isn't that funny. Like, like all of a sudden, like all these things. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. But then it's like, man, God's in control. I'm Okay. God's in control, looking at some of these other ones, these truths that we need to start to focus on in our lives. God's perfect. He lived perfectly for me. God loves me. Jesus died for my sins. I'm loved and forgiven. God is alive and present and with me. He sent his spirit to be with me and in me. God is for me, not against me. So you can see the differences. If we wake up in the morning and we we do something and we're like, man, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm messed up, I'm a failure. Instead of going, hey, you know what? God has already covered this sin. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection has already covered our sin. It starts to change our outlook in life. Instead of this thing eating away at us, we can remember the truth about who God is and what God has done for us and what God is doing in our lives. Now, it won't solve everything, and we're still going to have those, those thoughts at times, but it's starting to practice, it's starting to work at where is our focus in life. But to slow down and to think about and examine our thoughts and say, okay, they need to be aligned with Christ, the second big thing is is that we need to know who Christ is. Who is Jesus Christ? What is he all about? A.W. Tozer uh, said this quote. He says, you are only as close to God as you want to be. We were doing a, a study with the high schoolers, uh, last week and one of the we're doing this big questions and one of the questions was how do I grow in my relationship with God and I came across this and I was like it kind of stung me a bit right you are only as close to God as you want to be right like do I really want to grow in a relationship or am I really good at making excuses like ah, I want it but I'm kind of busy I want to grow but I mean like that part of the Bible is kind of boring Right? Like, why well, I can't learn anything from that. Or I, I want to grow, but it's like, ah, I've been studying all week. Uh, like, do I have to take time to actually personally read the Bible and learn from Christ? But we can't put our lack of knowledge of Jesus on external things that happen in our lives. If we really believe that God is the best thing, don't we want to get to know who God is through Jesus? I stole this quote from the conference this weekend. It said, are we cherishing Jesus? Do we delight in Jesus and love Jesus more than anything else? Do we really love Jesus? And then, as we look at who Jesus is and what Jesus is about, asking that question, does my life aligned to his life and to how he lives and his morals and his ethics? Are they kind of separated and different? Is our goal to grow closer to Jesus or is our goal just to look more holy? Are we actually desiring a relationship where we're growing and understanding of who God is or is it more just looking good? Because that's what the Galatians are dealing with here. They uh, move into this legalism where they look spiritual, but in actuality, they're really immature. Where they, they look like they're doing all the good things, but really, who they are is far from God. We just sang this song, and there's some verses from Inside Out. It says, In my heart and my soul, Lord, I give you control. Do we give God control? Consume me from the inside out, Lord. Let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside out. It starts in our hearts. Do we desire God, or is it more just ah it's something we're doing? Is it like a heart change, or is it just a behavior modification that we're working at? I tell it like this often. You have two kind of different runners in the world. Well, you probably have a bunch, but these are the two we're talking about. The one that's kind of like the casual runner, right? And then you got the professional runner. The casual runner, they'll have some good days where they go on runs, and a few days they'll miss, and then they'll, they'll eat healthy every once in a while, and then they'll eat like 16 Reese's peanut butter cups and a tub of ice cream for dinner, you know? That's the casual one. I don't know that kind of person, okay? But then there's like the professional runner, where they wake up and they're thinking about running, where they never miss a workout, where they know what they're eating because they know that's going to make them a better runner. It consumes them. So that's all they're about. And then I have to ask myself the question, how am I in a relationship with Jesus? Am I more this kind of like casual, ah, uh, yeah, some days I read the Bible, sometimes I go to church, uh, it's kind of like this thing I do, but when I'm not feeling it, I don't, I don't need it. And when things are going good in my life, I don't really need it. Or is it something that I actually desire and cherish and delight in so that my everything is focusing on who Jesus is and what Jesus accomplishes? One of my favorite verses is James 4 uh, 7 and 8 says this submit yourselves therefore to God right first and foremost it says submit yourselves you're willing to say hey you know what everything else is second or worse right like my desires my heart my family my my everything is submitted to putting God first but then it goes on and says resist the devil and he will flee from you draw near to God and dr- God will draw near to you Like this is so exciting for me that when I am in the Bible and when I'm praying, when I'm serving others and I'm drawing near to God, he says he's going to show up more often and reveal himself to me because I'm drawing near to him and he's going to show more of his presence to me. Like that gets me excited. That makes me wake up and go, I'm excited to be like, get to do this every day. That I get to be a follower of Jesus Every day. But what's crazy is, even better than that, even better than us getting to know uh, Jesus, is that is that God knows us. If you look at the verses again, looking in verse uh, 9, but now that you have come to know God, and then he kind of corrects himself. He says, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back? What matters is that God knows us. Not in just the sense that he knows about us, but he knows us through and through. And he declares us as his family. We talked about that last week, how we are a part of his family. But the question is, doesn't God know everyone? Doesn't just he just know everyone? Well, actually... In Matthew verse 7, or chapter 7, verse 21, there's this group of people that come up to him and they say, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many works in your name? And Jesus declares to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, worth, you workers of lawlessness. We go, when I first, I remember reading this when I was in like high school and I was like, what is going on here? These guys are prophesying, casting out demons and doing mighty works in the name of Jesus. And they go, no, nah, I don't know who you are. I, I, like, I actually remember going to my pastor and be like, what, what, what's up with this? Tell me, why, how, why is this in here? Like, I don't like this verse. And, he go, and I remember and, and, and thinking about this and, and going, this, this is people who, who, again, are just trying to fake it, but look good. They're just saying it, but it's not their life. Where are we living at? As I was studying, this quote uh, came up. It says this. This warning of Jesus applies to people who say, Lord, Lord, and yet their spiritual life has nothing to do with their daily life. They go to church perhaps to fulfill some daily religious duties, yet sin against God and man just as any other might. Their spiritual life has nothing to do with their daily life. Who are we when we leave here on a Sunday and we go and spend the rest of the week with our neighbors, with our friends, with our, with our families, with our coworkers, Is Jesus the center of our lives? Or do we kind of have this like world where we live in where like, ah, I'm spiritual and I know how to act and look this way, but then I also know how to do these things and look like this. So how do we become known by God? 1 Corinthians says, if anyone, imagine that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. Pretty much saying, like, you're not as smart as you think you are. And then he goes, but if anyone loves God, he knows, he is known by God. If anyone loves God, he is known by God. God knows who belongs to him. God knows who cherishes him who's in a personal relationship with him. When we set our heart, soul, mind, and strength on God, it will free us from the rule of those other gods, of those other temptations, of those lives that we believe, that will be whispering into us saying like, hey, don't you just want to do this? Hey, look at this. Hey, what about this? All these distractions are trying to pull us and pull our focus off of God. But when we keep our eyes focused on Christ, we can find true freedom in knowing and being known by God. Freedom from those other things in our life. Now, if this is your first time here at Faith Church, I'm excited that you came and you've decided to to come and check out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But I want to make sure that you know, yes, when you, say, when you say yes to Jesus, it will be life-changing. And you will be a part of God's family. But at the same time, it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be hard because our spiritual life needs to interact with our, our daily lives. And so if, you're, if, if that's where you're at right now, I'd say like, yes, that's amazing. But remember that it's not going to like solve all your problems and make your dreams come true when you say yes to Jesus. If you're in a place where you're, you're asking, is Jesus the center of my life? Or maybe he used to be, but now you're kind of like on this, like, I don't know, someday he is, days he isn't. I'm glad you are able to realize this and then again, refocus our mind onto who Jesus is. Look at what's Kind of where we've kind of slid, where we've kind of lost focus, so that we can go, okay, I, that is a place I need to work at so that I can put it back in line with where Christ wants it. And if you are someone who says, man, God is the center of my life, God is everything that I'm all about, God is what I'm looking to, then I pray that you look around at the people in your lives, at, at work, in your families. And share the journey that you've had with Jesus. To tell stories of what God has done in you and through you. Because most people aren't going to wake up on a Sunday morning, especially at like 9 or 10.45 and be like, let's go to church. That doesn't happen. But what is happening is us going out there and people seeing God in our lives. Seeing that we live for something different. Seeing that when that hard thing in life happens, they go, how can you still be happy and praising God when all these bad things seem to be happening? All we need to do is put God on display and watch people be drawn to him. If you say, yes, God is the center of my life, are we putting him on display so that others can see God in our life, that others can start a relationship with God. So what if, as we left here this week, our spiritual life actually interacted with our daily life, that when we left here, it would actually change our focus, change what we are about so that we are dedicated and cherishing all of who Jesus is. I think people would start to look at us differently. I think people would see something in us. Because when we have the Holy Spirit in us, we are radically different from someone who doesn't. And so when they see that in us, that is when we have those opportunities to share with them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you for your love how much you love us, even though we are sinners and we are screwed up and we are messed up, you still said, I love you. You sent your son to die so that we can have that relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray that in my own life, my my spiritual life connects to my daily life. That what we learn about here and what we learn about you and in your Bible and and in a connection with other Christians, that we are living that out every day. That this isn't something we just come and talk about, but that we're living for you in everything that we do. We love you. Amen. Built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I did not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Sing that again. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I cannot trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in